We have a Justin from Massachusetts who sent us a letter and said that Matthew uh, does not get close to close enough to the microphone. Yeah, it's... he sounds like he's a a um, old British ghost off in the distance. Right. I think I'm going to send him a letter telling him how to do his job. <laughs> you are a consultant. <laughs> so that's okay that doesn't seem as unreasonable now <laughs> <laughs> all right um i <laughs> i used lego in the plural at oh, some point yeah and i did correct myself right after but um we think, still received some feedback about that right i think whoever was listening um basically stopped as soon as they heard that because it was so offensive <laughs> right yeah uh I knew this when I said it and felt pretty dumb, but I le- left it in there because uh, we don't have the budget for editing. We have uh, a budget. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. No, we don't have a we budget. We don't have a budget, yeah. <laughs> um, Z is for Z, right? Not zero. I was thinking, I thought I was thinking of nil, which is also not zero. Right. So I was actually doubly wrong. Yeah. Nil is nothing, right? It's yep. nothing. Not. Yep. Can you say that word? Not. Not is zero. Yep. It In, was all for naught. Right. Okay. So that's, yeah. yeah, okay. We'll say that's what I was thinking. Uh, Gabe is not a co-founder <laughs> of Punch Pig. <laughs> I'm glad uh, we're clarifying this. I, I said that. Yes, it uh, was confusing. And it was very confusing to me because I didn't know I said that. I was trying to say that Gabe was the co-founder of Hotline Webring. Right. A previous sponsor. And the H, I think it was the H's? I was like, oh, these words are equivalent because they both start with H. Uh, so I said that he was a co-founder of Hunchpig. It's a common mistake. Common mistake. And then you said, is Gabe a co-founder? And I was like, what do you mean? Of like, am I a co-founder? I'm like, I was. I don't know what I said, so I'm very confused. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. I think that's. Uh, I think those are the main listener corrections for this week in Hunchpig. I mean, I wouldn't call them corrections. I don't think we did anything wrong. Right. No, I'm, I stand by my ignorance and yeah. Um, and you know, if I want to, I'll sit really far away from the mic um even if it's uncomfortable <laughs> yeah you look very uncomfortable <laughs> you're gonna hurt your neck oh okay um <clears throat> so i'm amazed how how long ago did you start playing this war of mine um i guess it's been three weeks four weeks Two or three weeks, I think. No, I think... Because we've spoken about it on at least two episodes. Well, we spoke about it, and then I bought it that f- following week. Right. Um, so, yeah. Maybe three. Three weeks. So, you've been, like, really trying to beat every facet of this <laughs> war of mine. Yeah, I've been trying different scenarios. Um, right. So, you start out with a different um, group uh, of... mixture of, yeah, of, yeah. of characters. Um, and that are kind of pre-selected. And this past week I tried, uh, <laughs> there is one, it was like looking through like, oh, I start with Marco. And I was like, who else? Oh, just Marco. Okay. 
let's try this. Yeah, I can do this. Like, one-man army. I got this. <laughs> so cocky, like, going into it. And it was a struggle. <laughs> it was a it was a struggle. Uh, Marco had a rough time. He, uh, he scavenged, and basically his house was pillaged every single night. Because <laughs> for about, yeah. You get with one person, you can only do one thing. You can either right. guard your house or go and get supplies. Yeah. So every night in this war of mine, you 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 see all of your people, and you can say, "Oh, if someone's sick or if someone's wounded or if they're tired, you'll say, okay, you sleep in the bed. Uh, you can guard, and you usually want someone to scavenge because that's the whole. That's how you get stuff in the game. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I was gonna say I got greedy, but it's not really even greedy. I was just like trying to get stuff. <laughs> So I like I kept leaving and coming back to my house, I would bring back like, you know, 10 piles of wood and eight components and it would say, you've been raided again. And they took 20 pieces of wood and 15 components. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> like this math is not, it's not, not working, working out. out. The funny thing was that like yeah. your neighbors kept feeling sorry for you. <laughs> oh, that, okay. That, that was actually the most heart wrenching part of the whole thing was that before, yeah, before this, like early on day two or three, uh, multiple neighbors came and gave me stuff like here, I have 20 books. Like my family's leaving. We're going to make a run for it. But we have these books that I was hoping that you could, you know, hold on to us, hold on for us. And, uh, I was like, sure, yeah, I got this. Like at that point, I was like, yeah, like sure, why, why not? Like, and if I need the books, you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll burn a book if I need to, you know, yeah. later on in the winter. So I'm like, sure, I'll, I'll take care of these for you. And then someone else came with, um, what was it, like three bottles of medicine, which is like super valuable. Mm. And they were like, yeah, my friend Anna is, I heard, I think she's like roaming around this area. Like if she, if she stops by, like these medicines are medications are for her please help her out whatever and i was like okay yeah I'll, I'll hold on to these for you they were stolen within like two days yeah like they were gone i was like oh man i'm like i'm gonna feel so bad when these people come back <laughs> expecting all of the all of the things in pristine condition and i'm just like sorry was, man yeah. like after I, like 20 days I, what, what are you gonna say like i i left every night and <laughs> Every night, people came into my house and took my stuff. <laughs> and your stuff. And your stuff. Like, well, you'd, okay. You'd think after a couple of nights. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. This is a little bit on the people coming to the door. Like, who, like, what the, what, what were they thinking I could possibly do? Like, I'm a single guy <laughs> in this big house. Like, oh, yeah, there's bandits all around this area. Like, but yeah. you got this, right? Like, you can take care of these. Like, yeah, sure. Like, come on. Yeah. What are they expecting from I you? I mean, you got to the point. When you were telling me about this, where you were just hysterically laughing. <laughs> I After some point, I, yeah, the empathy wore off at some point, <laughs> And I was just like, this is absurd. Yeah. Like, I'm just getting looted every single night. Yeah. And just barely scraping by. Yeah. That story didn't uh, end well. No. I got a little desperate at the end. And I actually went to um, St. Mary's Church is one of the locations I was like, oh, this will be a nice place to find some respite and uh, maybe some supplies. Maybe trade a little bit with the priest if he's there. The priest was not there. Uh, there was an armed bandit there <laughs> who I snuck past, ran into the basement, grabbed some supplies, turned around, and was shot in the head with a shotgun. Wow. So Marco had a rough 
rough life. He was he was lonely for a long time too. He was like really sad. Like after, like this was like twenty five days in or something. Yeah. And I clicked on him. Like you can read like his bio and like how they're feeling and stuff. He's like I'm pretty sad. Like I'm just lonely. Like I miss people. Like yeah, man. I I know. Like like why isn't anyone coming to the door like to live with us? Probably because we're getting pillaged every night. Like. <laughs> A rough life for marco mm-hmm. but you're still enjoying it um yes that's good yeah i think i'm on kind of the down yep this is sort of the like, yeah i was like really into it you know yeah a week ago i was like probably peak like interested in it now i'm like okay i feel i have a good feeling for the dynamics and what this game is yeah yeah that's cool but i enjoyed it excellent i had a conversation with um two people the other day about tattoos okay and my um mathematically proven argument for why you shouldn't get a tattoo <laughs> okay okay so <clears throat> here's the maths yep take your age i mean the listeners can do this as well mm-hmm. um take 10 away from your age okay and imagine yourself at that age sure um like do you agree with everything that person thought no no that person was a fucking idiot you didn't even let me i didn't let you know because i'm giving you the answer (laughs) okay like you already know so why sure okay why um Mm -hmm. you know go through this imaginary farce Mm -hmm. this farce of a conversation yep yeah so you're saying me as a as a 39 year old i don't agree with anything i said take away 10 yeah oh yeah you won't agree with anything you think now (laughs) you'll agree with some things but most of the things you'll look back and you'll go, oh, I was a fucking idiot for making that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't I keep having that guy on as a guest? Yeah, jeez, that was, uh, I should have, I should have done something. Yeah. So that's your I, argument? Yeah. I definitely shouldn't have got a hunchback tattoo <laughs> 10 years ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I won't show you my left arm right now. Yeah. That's, I mean, regardless of whether you have a tattoo, that would be weird. Yeah. I think if you didn't have a tattoo, that would be weird. <laughs> if you were just like, oh, look at this. <laughs> it's my left arm. It's white ink. <laughs> Invisible ink tattoo. Invisible ink tattoo. Was that a thing? I feel like that should have been a thing. Like, I, mean, I was really into Invisible ink as a kid for a while. Doesn't Invisible ink show up once you apply heat? Um... <clears throat> Probably. Yeah. That's probably the real kind. I don't know. I remember this, like, this, like, magic, like, paper pad yeah. that you could get and, like, write with this marker. How did you... I think you just, like... I thought it was just lemon. Put light to it or something. Yeah. Lemon is, like, the... Yeah, is, like, the traditional, I would say, way to do it. Poor man's. Maybe it was just a... Maybe it was just a lemon juice marker. Yeah. That came with this toy thing. But, man, I was super into that. Edible ink. Edible ink. Delicious. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think you were a fucking idiot 10 years ago. That's, yeah. That's pretty fair. But is that assuming that we're always getting smarter? Or, right? Like, yeah. I, I mean, know. if you haven't gotten smarter in 10 years... Then you're both fucking idiots. <laughs> right. Like, you and the person 10 years ago. 
Yeah, but you might agree with that person. You yes, you may. But right? I have hmm. I have managed to prove that you were a fucking idiot. <laughs> People also get more closed minded as they grow older, right? Right. But how does that play into this? Well, I mean it it's all um it's all subjective. Mm-hmm. Like uh the person like when you're considering yourself at a different time, that mm-hmm. is a different person. Like right. they're made up of different atoms, they have different opinions, they think in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, most likely, you will not agree with mm-hmm. some of the things that they think. Yep. Um, and it, the hatred that you have for that difference of opinion will be compounded by the fact that you consider that person yourself. Hmm. Yep. And I think you judge yourself more harshly than you do other people. Yep. Under that yep. kind of pessimistic magnifying glass that we all do. Right. Yep. Pessimistic magnifying glass. It's my band in college. Yeah. <laughs> we were okay. Okay. I wonder if I'm up on the mic enough. Or if I need yeah, to get closer. Oh, that's um that's way too close. That's way too close. Yep. Okay. Uh that's good. That, that's, that feels that's good. good. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. Well, maybe I'm too far now. Oh, hello. Uh, okay. Now we're good. <laughs> it's weird hearing yourself that yeah in that in this context. No, it's weird in the having, radio voice having the pop filter <clears throat> like mm-hmm. right. Are you worried about like smelling my edge of vision? Smelling like grandma nylons. I mean, I, mean, I wasn't. I wasn't until you said it. <laughs> so you're imagining. <laughs> I was. It's more <clears throat> just disconcerting that thing being right in front of my face Mm. oh i wanted to talk about uh perception okay um like i found out um yesterday uh or this morning actually Mm. that um the way we well depends on your perception whether or not it was yesterday or this morning yeah the way uh that you think about um the way that we imagine our brains work is that we uh, have light hit our eyes and uh, it goes into our brain and we get basically like a photo. Yeah. Um, the same way uh, that a camera works. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that's my mental image. That's what the world looks like. Yep. yep. There we go. But what actually happens is that your brain um, is constantly constructing a mental model <laughs> of the world around you. Yep. And light hits your eyes, like you get this little sort of dribble of information coming in through your two face holes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that goes to um, a part of your brain, which basically compares the diff. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Our, so our brains use React.js. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Basically. So okay. it like, it's like, is there anything here that does not match my mental <laughs> model of reality? Yep. And if there is, that's the information that it sends. That's through. also how video compression works, kind of. Right. Right? It's doing this diff between this frame and this frame. And then and it's like, oh, I can throw out all of this information because it hasn't changed. Exactly. But this little this little piece in the top right is changing. So like we just need that information. Right. And that so your your brain basically does the same thing. So it's like, is, is that, there anything here that <clears throat> doesn't match my reality? Is that an efficiency thing? So we're not com- I think so. completely constantly like scanning the entire right. you know, horizon. Yeah. <laughs> we can just be like, okay, this is constant, right? This thing has changed. Right. So update that part of our model 
internally. Yeah. I mean, you you have to scan everything anyway, but it sort of offloads it to this other part of your brain. <laughs> so there's this part of your brain that you're not really um, aware of, or you know, you're not yep. fully in control of. And all it's doing, its only responsibility is to take all the information that's coming in and compare it to um, sort of your internal model. <laughs> that is interesting. Um, and so like when they're is something that is different you feel surprise yep it's like oh i didn't expect that to be there it's like why did you not expect that to be there that's interesting like what you you have this like like i have a complete mapping of this room and if i turn around and there's something on the wall behind me that i wouldn't (laughs) that isn't in my part of my mental model that will yep shock and disturb me so when you when that does shock you do you does your brain like throw out the mod? Like, can you like refresh? Yeah. So <laughs> it's it like, okay, let's, let's throw this out. Like it, we were wrong. It changes so the model. Yeah. Let's completely like rebuild this. Right. <laughs> um, there are really, there are some really weird things that go along with this. Um, you really want your eyes to uh, move all the time. Your brain does because you're constantly scanning to keep information coming in. Um, and if you don't, if you like concentrate and stare at a single point, <laughs> weird things will start happening. Oh, yeah. Around, like, because your mental model is not getting any new information. Huh. And it's it just starts doing weird things. It starts to try to create things? Right. Like, okay. Um, like, people have said, uh, you know, if you stare at yourself in a mirror, mm-hmm. um, it's somewhere between, like, 30 seconds and two minutes. Um, people have said they'll start seeing, like, their head start pulsating. Um, wow and it's like this weird sort of um you start constructing this weird reality is this related to the the magic eye 3d images what's this uh so there's this brand of um optical illusion uh stuff okay (laughs) called magic eye so you buy this like it might be a calendar or just like a book of like stuff that you open to this big page and you have to like adjust, like look at the, look at this image that looks like nothing. And then you relax your eyes at it in a certain way. Oh, and it, and then something else kind of appears and pops out in, yeah. in the image. Um, yeah, it could be. Yeah. But I mean, that's to do with like <clears throat> a specific type of information coming in. Yeah. And the way your brain processes that into a, into your mental model of the world. Right. Yeah. What you're talking about sounds more like hallucination than than well, this. Like the three well, D. Because the, the three D thing is like everyone is seeing the same. Like, right. Oh, there's a ship here or whatever. Right. Like if you. But the the yeah. thing I'm talking about happens every night. Mm-hmm. Like when you go to sleep, you turn off all visual input, and yet you dream and you have like vivid, like really well constructed, mm-hmm. um, hallucinations. Yep. Where it's like, this is your, like, mental model of the world going crazy. Yep. Like, um, and you'll see colors, you'll smell smells, you'll, like, <laughs> it's not, um, I, it is reality in a way. Yeah. Just in your head. Yep. Um, and that's a crazy thing. The other thing is that your reality is totally shaped by, um, like, your culture and a lot by your language. Um, you know, if you don't have words for certain concepts, you'll not be able to create those concepts. Hmm. 
um, like there are big examples of languages that don't have uh, past tense. <laughs> um, I think Vietnamese is an example of that. Really? And so they tend not to dwell on the past. Um, oh my god! I remember a story uh, in a TED talk that yeah. a, a guy who's American but is from Vietnam, mm-hmm. and they uh, fled while he was a baby. Um, he remembers asking his parents. Um, he has this amazing story of uh, they're they're fleeing. They're all going to get into this bus to take them to the states, mm-hmm. and he starts crying like uncontrollably. He's totally inconsolable. Yep. And so they don't get on the bus. This is his whole family. Like he's got aunts and uncles and his parents and everything. And the bus drives off and is struck by a missile. Hmm. And everyone dies. And he stops crying. <laughs> and then they get on the next bus. And they go to America. And he vividly remembers saying to his mum, you know, in his 20s, like, oh God, what would have happened if we got on that bus. Yeah. And his mum like looked confused for a moment and was like, I guess we'd be dead. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, but it didn't happen. Right. Yeah. Like we can't, why would I? Yeah. Think like why are, right. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. No past tense. So is it just ambiguous when you, when you have a verb, when you conjugate a verb in Vietnamese, like can I, you can you interpret certain sentences as oh they're talking about the past because of the context or maybe I or don't, is it just like I don't know enough about the language yeah um, all I know is it's not like a the past isn't I guess like a first class citizen mm-hmm. the same way it is in English uh, is there anyone in the <clears throat> in the chat room right now that has <laughs> we don't have a chat room we don't have a chat room no. Oh, I mean, that would be embarrassing because we'd be like, oh, is there anyone? Oh, there's no one in the chat room. That was another piece of listener feedback we got. Was, we should have a... Uh, we should be recording live, uh, broadcasting live. On YouTube. On something. Yeah, YouTube. And people can Twitch. comment in, in real time. Um, no, I don't like that. I, don't, I feel like that would make me nervous, more nervous. Right. I mean, the same way I don't like being told to get up on the mic. <laughs> Whoever that anonymous person was. Would that annoy you more so in real time? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> That would drive me Matt, crazy. Get closer. No, further back. Wait. Oh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. That wouldn't annoy you. No, it would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would. Yeah. Um, don't try and make me sound weird. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, another one is like colors. Mm-hmm. Like there are, um, you know, uh, tribes and in different languages, they just have different words for like different parts of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're like um, weird sort of in-between colors that we don't really have names for. I mean, right. I, guess, I guess we do now because of fucking like... Crayons. Yeah, crayons <laughs> and paint and shit. Um, yeah. But it's sort of like people see the world differently because they have like um, different anchors to go to. Like mm-hmm. this is orange, this is yellow, this is... Um, yep. Like before we had the word orange, um, anything that was orange was either yellow or red. Depending on which way it yep. lent. Right. Because, I mean, it's not like anything is exactly blue. Right. Right. It's, 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 got, all, it's all a spectrum. Yeah. Anyway, so it's kind of arbitrary, right? Right. At some point, it's like, well, I guess it's more towards red, right? But right. that's interesting, though, because I f- you'd there's more cognitive load there, right? Without the word orange. Yes. Because you have to do that math of like, well... You know, say like, well, say yellow is one and red is three on some, right, whatever. 
if it's like 2.2, you're like, well, okay, I that's don't... just over. That's more towards red. Whereas right. it's exact, it's almost exactly orange. Right. But if you didn't have that word, then you're like, okay, yeah, I think it's more red, but it it's yellowish too. I don't, I don't think, I don't think there is more cognitive load because we're very good at pattern matching. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you can draw on past experience. Like, yeah. And yeah. I, at some point there, there is like a shared reality. Yeah. You know, because, um, I mean, when you're first born and you don't know any colors, mm-hmm. people say to you, this is red. Right. I, there's not like a. But if I, okay. But if I showed you orange, that was right. just a little bit more red than yellow. Yeah. And told, and had, and asked you, okay, is this more red or more yellow? That would be a right. tricky question. Well, but I think it's... Which because, is the same question of, like, if there was an orange, but, what would you call this? But I think that's because of the pattern matching. What is because of the pattern matching? Well, because I would look at something that's close to orange mm-hmm. and snap it to orange. Right. Like, if it was halfway between red or yellow, um, and I didn't have a word for orange, I think I'd find... I'd find... I'd have, like, a much easier definition. Because I could snap it one way or the other. Easier definition than what? Um, than with orange. It's like if, if you're shown, um, I don't know, something halfway between blue and purple. Yeah. And asked which is more, is it more blue or more purple? Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be very easy. You're going to look at it and just say, well, it's this one. Hmm. I disagree. Hmm. We have to do a, a test. Yeah. A live test. Uh, we can do that next week. We'll come back to this. Yeah. <laughs> um. But this whole thing of like uh, perception is interesting in terms of like, uh, it's like the uh, R&L thing in like, if you've grown up in Japan, mm-hmm. um, like when you're first born, you can basically hear all sounds, mm-hmm. everything. But um, as you start uh, listening to everyone around you, you specialize in hearing syllables that other people say Mm -hmm. um and so uh the japanese generally struggle to hear the difference between r and l Mm -hmm. because that's not a distinction within the language yep um and we have the same thing there are certain (laughs) there are certain words i I personally have a specific case of this (laughs) yeah uh yeah even even between american and english (laughs) so well (laughs) that but even within america I have some things that are from my neck of the woods that are um, tricky. <laughs> For example, um, I cannot hear the difference between Don and Don. Notice I say them in the same You the do same say way. them in the, way, the same way. Because I believe they're the same word. Yeah, Don and Don. <laughs> and I, it's funny because I, I try to like... Yeah, Don, Don the person or like Dan, the kingpin. Don. 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 Yeah. Don. Don. Um, dawn. Yeah. And we're going to have a shoot up at dawn. <laughs> yeah. And it's, but you just, it's funny. It's something I never thought about until, you know, kind of branching out of my part of Pennsylvania. Um, <laughs> I never even knew that that was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Dawn, 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 dawn. Like I, there's these colors I've never seen like yeah. orange. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, everything was red before. Yeah. And I still struggle with pronouncing them. I can hear them, the difference, better now. But yeah. I, I still don't think I really pronounce... Like, if I'm going to say Don, it's always going to be Don. Yeah. Don, 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 Don. Not Dawn. Dawn. Dan. Yeah. Um, we'll meet at Dawn. <laughs> right. 
The other thing I do is oh, the blending. Name. Um, Dawn. Right. Yeah. T's and D's. Uh, yes, which, so you, this, which you've noticed, which I yeah. I just kind of softened all the t- all the T's, I would yep. say, and they're more towards D. So when I first uh, moved to America, I um, what did I want to make? Fucking um, some sort of pudding. Pudding? No, uh, you add buttermilk to um, butter milk. <laughs> yeah, you add a little bit of buttermilk to milk, and you leave it to essentially spoil. Yeah. Um, and it turns into like a type of sour cream. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh man, I love sour cream, but it's delicious. Yeah. And all kinds of dairy products. But if you like do the research, <laughs> it's some weird stuff's happening. Yep. Yeah. Um, and we don't have buttermilk in the UK. Uh-huh. It's not a thing. Do you have buttermilk? <laughs> okay. We're going to get onto that. Yeah. Don't worry. Okay. I'm so excited. <laughs> And so I was like, oh, this, I guess I'll just go and ask. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know where you get it from. Is it in the fridge? Is it in a cupboard? I, is it a powder? I have no fucking idea what buttermilk is. It's just like, here's a recipe. Yeah. And it says you need buttermilk. Yeah. Like, okay. I think, um, I think buttermilk is also just like spoiled in a certain way. Yeah. I don't know. And so I, I go to the supermarket mm-hmm. and um, I'm like, I don't know where this is. So I'll just find someone and ask. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm looking for buttermilk. Yeah. And the guy goes, buttermilk? I don't know what buttermilk is. Oh, no. I'm like, God, I... I mean, I don't know what buttermilk is. I assumed it was... Sounds very common over here. Yeah, I thought it was just... Buttermilk pancakes and... Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was just a thing that you get anywhere. He's like, no, God, I've never... Let let me go ask someone else. Oh, no. And he goes goes and he gets someone else and standing there and he goes... "Um, and this is when I know, this is when I know what's gone wrong, is because he turns to this person and he goes, "Oh, have you heard of butter milk?" <laughs> I'm like, "Oh God, butter. he's really enunciating his teas." <laughs> I'm like, and so I, oh my god, I look at him and I go, "Okay, no, I I know what's happened." Wow, go, that is an I'm, extreme case. I said, I'm really looking for butter milk. <laughs> butter and he goes oh yeah that's right over here (laughs) (laughs) the idea that it's so far away yeah from oh my gosh (laughs) that's awesome Uh, wow but yeah you guys you don't like tea there are two t's in butter you pronounce neither of them well we prefer coffee enunciator did you get my joke no you prefer coffee to butter we prefer you said you oh, don't tea. like tea. Uh, oh, okay. I was going to let it go, but you know. It would have been better. Would have been better? <laughs> God, it's offensive. <laughs> do you hear the difference? I my, mean, you do. because my, you find... butter, my butter is better than yours. That's basically, that must be the only reason you people find this accent charming. It's because we <laughs> enunciate our teas. Uh, that's definitely, yeah, it's definitely one of the reasons. One of the reasons. I mean, if you... Okay, that's how, uh, you know, hunchpig top tip. Yeah. You want to start sounding like an Englishman. Just enunciate your T's. People will okay. immediately start asking you if you're... I will try that. <laughs> okay, like, I in the middle try. of words. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. We'll try, try to be better. I will try to be better. <laughs> better. Oh, it feels so wrong. Oh, God, you sound so wrong. But, like, I don't even know how to say it. Yeah. Better. 
I mean... Do I sound like a robot? What do I sound like? You sound like you're struggling with the English language. <laughs> I am trying to be better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh. All right. We'll see. I'll work on it. I won't work on it, but... <laughs> Creme fraiche. That's what I was trying to make. Creme fraiche. Yeah. Which, ironically, is not fresh. No. It is the opposite of yeah. fresh. You add a tiny bit of buttermilk, which has the... Um, <laughs> God, it's so... Which has uh, all the, like... Good Butter? Bac- good bacteria. Okay. Yeah. How'd you say bacteria? Bacteria. Yeah. I mean, you pronounce the T there. Yeah. What's the What's the rule? You don't say bacteria. I'm sure there's a Wikipedia article on this. Uh, there is a Wikipedia article on Pittsburgh English. Okay. Which is fascinating. <laughs> um, which, yeah, is completely in line with... Or, like, half of it. Like, I'm not from Pittsburgh exactly, but... Yeah. Um, half of that is like, oh my gosh, this is exactly... What do you mean you're not from Pittsburgh? Exactly? I'm not from Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from... But a... what, what, why was the exactly in there? Well, because it's the it's the largest... The closest city... Closest large uh, city okay. that I grew up... Right. Um, near. And Cle- basically in between Cleveland, Pittsburgh... Buffalo. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's good stuff. You have... I, I can give you my parents' address if that would be... That's... Good. <laughs> that would be great on air. Um, yep. Uh, Horace and Pete. Yeah. Horace and Pete is a new television show. Okay. I don't even know. Wait, maybe it's not a television show. How are you watching it? Let's define a television show. What is that? Can you guess the etymology? <sighs> television show. Okay. Tele, um, Television. has to do with telephone, I think. Mm. Tele, wait, telekinesis is when you... Uh, kinesis is like movement. So you move things with your mind. Mm. So tele must mean mind. That's the only, that's the only thing that could mean. So television thing. must mean mind vision. Mind vision. So a television show is a mind vision show. So it's a show in which you 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 use your vision to put things into your mind so that you can enjoy the show. So that's what a television show is. Okay. Um, so I guess, yeah, this is a television show then, what right. I'm talking about. Tele comes from, is a Greek word. Mm-hmm. It means very far away. Perfect. <laughs> I was, I was right on. So, like, uh, television is oh, vision from far away because, like, because they're broadcasting in New York, but I live in Chicago, and that's so yeah. it's television. Oh, interesting. Okay, telekinesis. Okay, so telekinesis is when you move something with that's your far away. that's far away. Yeah. So, like, you shouldn't be able to move that because you're not touching it. Exactly. Got it. Um, real time listener feedback. Thank you. That wasn't any listener feedback. Are you not listening? I guess I am listening. <laughs> okay. So Horace and Pete is a television show. Got me there. Uh, um, La, Louis C.K. Are you aware of Louis C.K.? I am aware of uh, it, it, that he is a person and that he exists. So, he's a comedian. Yep. He's a stand-up comedian. He has some fun um, things. Sometimes he also sits down. He had, His first television show was called Lucky Louis on HBO. Yep. That was, I don't think, very popular. Something I didn't um, really watch. Yeah, I haven't even really watched it much. Um, Louis is his newer show that 
has gotten rave reviews and is an interesting kind of basically he got like complete control over everything about that show that was right. his, that was his deal with fx was like yeah like i'll i want to do it on your network as long as you give me complete control over script and casting and story and just everything um so because of that like he came up with a show that is pretty different from any other comedy show television has ever seen i think right um there's like little weird like surreal vignettes where he's just like like why is this happening like this this has no place in the in the world in the great society but it's like in his mind it's like there's a lot of like meta and like right things that from his perspective that are like literally happening right so you're like you're seeing things as he perceives them anyway it's it's a great show yeah um some people like it some people it's not for them but Mm. um but he released this new show called horace and pete horace and pete on (laughs) his uh on his website so it's it's not on any Uh, okay cool um so anyone can go watch it uh yes well if they pay (laughs) ah so and here's here's a kicker the first episode um is five dollars wow so but when i say episode it's a it's like 61 minutes long oh so it's the first movie yeah it's basically a movie um so we watched that last night and it's really interesting it's it's it feels like a play like the way they shot it feels like there's just a camera on and you're just like there like yeah at this stage kind of thing there's like one main set at this bar um one reviewer said it was like a dystopian cheers or <laughs> it's just kind <laughs> okay. of like sad and and realistic in a way that is like not very funny but right kind of interesting um there's a lot of like family dynamics going on and um this bar that's been in the family for 100 years they're trying to like figure out do we want to sell this or like is this like do we value this place that are anyway it's good um Steve Buscemi's in it, which I'm a big fan of, and uh, I recommend it. Hmm. But the cool thing, so I think the interesting thing about it is that it's like Hunchpig, <laughs> in the sense that there he the show was literally referring to things that had happened in the world like the previous week, right? Like he was talking about like Iowa and Trump and the Iowa caucus. Like yeah. there was some like like because you weren't sure like for a while like. Is this set now? Like, where is the set? Oh, the first episode is five bucks and the second episode is two. Oh, cool. That must have just come out. Yeah, um, and, and it's 51 minutes. Interesting. But that is that is something you can never do with a, a network television show is right. be that topical. Right? Yes. Like, that was cool. I was like, oh, that that just happened. Like, yeah. that that was really interesting. Oh, and um, weird. That was fun. What was the other? There was another reference that was like literally had just happened like the next like a couple days before we yeah. watched it they have like a irish bar <clears throat> yep this is it and you said they it seems like they do it in one take right it's like the camera's on and they do the scene yeah um there's i mean there's a couple cameras i guess thinking thinking back thinking back but um yeah just the mood of it feels very like they're just all there <laughs> hanging out it's not like yeah not a three camera show is that what they call it? i think yeah. like 
the normal sitcom style is like three cameras or something. They, they, they have a warning. This show is not a comedy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It can be funny. Yeah. But also not. Yes, I would. Right. I would watch it with that in mind. Um, it can be sad and confusing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I really enjoy stuff on that boundary. Um, I like Curb Your Enthusiasm a lot, which is, which is definitely a comedy, but it has right. these like really like depressing or just like right have you watched these people are horrible kind of thing and and have you watched uh rick and morty i you know i watched the first episode of it yeah and i liked it and there's no reason why i haven't watched more of it i just haven't (laughs) so that can have some really dark (laughs) moments in it yeah um it's interesting like our fascination with that uh there is a Mm. i mean it's like the whole horror thing that's yeah. not something I'm particularly interested in. Um, right. But it is something we're hardwired to want to see. Mm. So um, when when you see something that's particularly gruesome or uh, like horrifying, mm-hmm. your um, brain uh, pumps, uh, your body pumps hormones into you that basically improve your concentration. Hmm. And you become fixated on the thing that is happening. Now, they, Interesting. there's a theory that the reason for this is that um, taking in that information could one day save your life. Mm-hmm. Because in the wild, if some, like, you know, if you notice something truly horrific happening, mm-hmm. if you watch and take note, you can avoid that oh. happening to you. <laughs> but we've taken that... <laughs> And develop this horror movie genre, which is not applicable to any way you will actually die. Right. Or, like, survive. But we do have, like, this hardwired, inbuilt, like, we want to see that. So in the same way that McDonald's has taken advantage of our evolutionary taste buds. And, like, (laughs) seriously, like, they've developed these these menus where it's, like, we want grease. We want, like, high, like, dense, caloric food. Um, And, yeah, sweetness and... These these flavors that signify like oh you're like being very efficient right. with the with the food that you're eating like it's that same idea of like the horror movie genre right maybe not knowing what they're doing but they are taking advantage of this evolutionary trait yeah. that we have where we want to it's it's witness the same, these things it's the same reason people will watch like um like horrific things like beheadings and stuff hmm. um hmm. um because. Even even though you're like, I really don't want to, but you yeah. there's like this thing that's like you can't look away. Interesting. Ugh. You're just like, oh god, I need yeah. to see what happens. Huh. I see. I always chalk that more up to just a curiosity because it's not something that we see. Right. Luckily, <laughs> that we see much. Yeah. Um. But huh. But there's more to it. You think? Right. But there are there are things that you. You know, if you were just curious about the unknown, there are plenty you find it easy to concentrate on anything. Mm-hmm. It'd be like, oh, sewing, I don't know how to do that. Yep. And But there isn't that morbid curiosity. Ugh. Like, oh, I need to. Yes. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Huh. I didn't know that was an evolutionary Human thing. Human biology is weird. And we don't understand most of it. <laughs> yeah. There's times when I'm like, ah, oh, super interesting. Right. To the point where I'm like, maybe I should have, you know, worked in that area yeah it's pretty fascinating 
I think um, I think you can probably work in any area. You can find anything fascinating if you dig deep enough yeah. into the subject matter. I think specifically the brain, though, is just, man, yeah. it's crazy. It is crazy. Like, I, I had some classes on, oh, well, I guess it wasn't a whole class, but um, some studies in psychoacoustics. Okay. Which are super interesting. Like, yeah. basically oh. how you perceive sound. Yeah. Actually, and... there, there are um, people who um, will, if they close their eyes while they're listening, they'll see colors. <laughs> yeah. Um, associated Syn- with sound. Synesthesia. Synesthesia, yeah. Yep. I had a, one of my friends in college had synesthesia. Yeah. Uh, to the point where he used it greatly for his music. Yeah. It was amazing. Like he was this amazing piano player was, I mean, still is, I'm sure. Um, (laughs) and kind of an eccentric person in general, but, um, man, he, yeah, like he could hear colors in that way. Yeah. He would hear like, oh, okay. That is Brown. Like C sharp is Brown. Yeah. And like E is red or whatever. Like, and he, he had this ability to, I mean, he had perfect pitch too. Right. So he had this like perfect mapping of these, of colors and pitches. And he used that, first of all, to like tune up instruments really easily. Yeah. Like without any sort of, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, that's, you know. Yeah. And then, but then the way he would play instruments, I think he really tapped into that as well. Yeah. And like use those, those colors as like um, interesting notes or chord changes Right. I'm imagining that he was seeing these like um these, vivid shapes. Yeah, this, this and like the volume this visualization would of yeah. it that that's amazing. that I could that, that I can't tap into for example, you know. That's a fucking superpower. It's like it, it I, is uh, actually that well, is that's something that it can also be a curse though. Right. Um I think that's true of superpowers. Eh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, synesthesia is not limited to sight and sound though. Or, right. Or, sorry. Yeah. To sight and sound. Yeah. There's um, some really weird cases of just like wires being crossed between senses. Right. Um, I don't know. Taste. Mm. Sound. Hearing. Um, yeah. I'd be curious to look up some more of to research that a little bit more. But, right. But yeah, that is one case of where it was like taken advantage of to a benefit that yeah I was like fascinated with. It's interesting. Um, those sorts of labels. Mm-hmm. Like synesthesia and um, bipolar, mm-hmm. and um, I suppose things that people call mental illness mm-hmm. um, because it doesn't match the norm. Um, right. Stephen Fry has—he's uh, a comedian yep. in the UK. Um, I think he's best known here as a tech um, writer. He actually reviews um, like iPads and things. I guess. Does he? Okay. I forget for which magazine. Um, yeah, I know him for a few things. Um, what he had a, like a show with Hugh Laurie. Oh way yeah. Back. A bit for like, like a yeah. Yeah. Like sketch comedy kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then I know him from kind of the um, debate circuit. Like, yeah. With yeah, he's done a lot of like against like the Catholic Church and. Yeah. Um, kind of like gay rights activism and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, he has a, um, he has bipolar. Oh yeah. And so he did a documentary on, um, living with bipolar <laughs> and he interviewed, um, you know, a bunch of people who, um, have, have it. 
Yep. And, you know, some of them take medication, some of them don't, and how they cope um, and how they get through day to day. And at the end of every single interview, he'd ask um, if there was a button that you could push and it would turn off being bipolar. Oh, yeah. Would you push it? Mm-hmm. And all but one person said no. <laughs> they wouldn't. Uh, and he he said this is the question he was trying to answer for himself. Yeah. If he had this button, would he do it? Through this documentary, he was trying to explore right. that, that idea. That sort of part of himself. Huh. And by the end of it, he said he didn't think he would because, like, while, like, the lows are crippling yeah. when you have bipolar. Like, um, you know, he's tried to commit suicide a couple of times. Um, <sighs> like, they, and there's no way to get out of them. You're just in this horrific hole wow. of despair. But he said the highs that you get, mm-hmm. like the flip side of it, um, he reckons is why he considers his life so successful. Hmm. Like you get to this point where you're literally invincible during these manic periods, right? Like there's nothing that can wow. stop you. You are the most creative you've ever been. Yep. You just see things like, hmm. you know, as low as the lows are, the highs are that high. That's really interesting. But when you're in a low, can you like can you look forward to a high, or are you just no? Well, you I mean, can't even remember the high at that point i mean the fact the fact that you try to end your life yeah shows that you can't right (laughs) but when when you're that high you can't ever imagine being low again (laughs) he's he's, yeah it's fascinating um but the the whole point of the documentary was to make people more aware yep that this is a thing um and mental illness isn't something we should just label and forget yep um, Man, I but synesthesia seems, like, seems really frustrating for someone who's like really intelligent and can look back at their career or their, just their life and say, "Oh yeah, these were the uptimes; these were the downtimes." Like, see this right. pattern, basically, right? But still, not be able to go into that meta level the next time, yeah, a low comes around and have that mind over matter to be like, "No, like this, this will... is just this will pass." Like, right? This is a downtime, and maybe maybe they can get to some sort of that realization, but still doesn't really help maybe at right. that point, you know, like maybe knowing about it isn't enough right. to conquer it and to be okay with it. But, yeah. Huh. Sounds um, frustrating. He interviewed a guy who um, was very religious and he'd consider the highs like um, he, um, you know, he'd actually see angels visiting him. Wow. And so like those are how sort of vivid the highs were for him. Mm-hmm. Um, wow it's interesting um speaking of vivid highs should we talk about our sponsor yes we should yeah okay what are we supposed to do uh there's a there's a ad read in in trello oh my god it's uh it's very well scripted oh when i say scripted i mean that it's like it's exactly how we feel. So okay. it's like very, that's what I mean, like very well we should in read, line with what, we, how we actually feel. We should definitely read this in a monotone. Um, yeah, this is one of the best bands I've, I've heard in a long time. Is that really? I'm, I think they're good, but are they really that good? I haven't actually listened to them. God, he knows, he knows that. 
Yeah, Matt, seriously, you've got to listen to them. But I thought you were about to do an ad read. Well, you don't have to listen now. Oh. Okay. So, all right, when you're home, go to music28 music.com you hear those t's i yeah i heard them that time that's really easy we'll you know everyone who's listening right now will go to music.28.com um that website address is fucking it just flows off the tongue (laughs) that's funny because you just messed it up (laughs) (laughs) uh sorry music.28music.com there's two musics in there yes definitely (laughs) it's just like their music it just puts you in a good mood (laughs) My favorite track is definitely Buffalo Bob. Okay, I'll I'll check it out. Uh, what's the website address again? Music.28music.com Oh, thank you. Okay, back to what we were doing. Uh, what were we doing? I don't know. By the way, 28 is uh, oh, yeah, the, the spelled whole, out. It's like... There's no number. It's not 28. When you say not, do you mean zero? <laughs> He really, so, this script is badly written. So when you say it's not 28, what you're saying is it's 028.com. No. Okay. No, what I'm saying is it's T-W-E-N-T-Y-E-I-G-H-T-M-U-S-I-C.com. Okay. Cool. Uh, well, I mean, this is, this is our first <laughs> non-dot-club sponsorship. Oh, man. This is a big day. This is a big day. We're really breaking into the, the, the companies <laughs> out there. The dot coms. I, I don't get it. Some of them survived from the from nineteen from the you know two thousand yeah dot com bust. They're still out there. It's exciting. Um, I genuinely haven't listened to uh to this. Do you, have you listened to it? Is I have. It, good? it is good. And you should listen to it at music twenty eight music dot com. And we'll be back after this intermission. Hey, this is Justin. This is Derek. Eddie. Kyle. Garrett. We're the band. 28. 28. And you're listening to Hunchback. Hunchback. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, God. Such a good radio spot. It's, it's so official. That's very, um, NSYNC. <laughs> is that a band that you knew about, or is that, are you actually just saying it's, that was in sync with... With, with those band members? <laughs> yeah. Is that, I don't know, who was in NSYNC? Uh... It's very boy bandy. Yeah, JT. Yeah, JT. Well, it is a band uh, mm. with uh, with men, wow. uh, young men, in it. Wow. So, this tastes like fucking maple syrup. <laughs> this is it a tastes like okay. It's yeah. a maple syrup whiskey. No, yes. it's that's not what it is. It's a maple whiskey, <laughs> right? But it it tastes like syrup. It's really thick. Yeah. and sweet. Yeah, it's great. Is that? Did you mix that with bourbon? Mm-mm. Or okay, that's just the maple. No, I downed the bourbon. <laughs> Nice. Nice. Um, uh, okay, so since last week um, when we decided that my beer was flat, um, I have <laughs> set the space heater in this room. Oh, yeah, I meant to yeah, say. Yeah, it's like, been on the whole week. So the decorations have not right. improved in this room. Right. But there is now crates of beer <laughs> in the middle of the room. Yeah, that's true. That's uh, true. Making the room even more difficult I like, to navigate. I like, I like how crates of beer just sounds like, you know, there's no limit on 
the number of crates. I mean, there's exactly two crates. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's the minimum for me to say to crates. To say crates, the, right. It sounds, yeah. it sounds good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I set the space heater at 65, mm. which is warmer than uh, the rest of our house. God. Yeah. Um, Are you guys cold-blooded? Apparently, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, I thought that our beer was flat because... Um, it wasn't at the right temperature. To... Right. Because the yeast was yep. unhappy. Um, it was too cold. So... I put the beer in this room, locked in at a nice balmy 65. Yep. And hopefully this week has been good for the yeast and for yeah. the carbonation. So we're going to, you have a beer in your further hands. further ado. That you had in the fridge this morning. Yep. I'm going to, I'm going to pop it. I mean, that sounds like last week. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to do a hard pour. Let's see here. Wow, that's a, that sounds great, but there is no bubbles. This is not carbonated. Hmm. Oh, man. Nope, that is... You're pouring as hard as you can. <laughs> <laughs> There's some, like, big bubbles. Uh, I mean, it is still black as sin. Cheers. It's really dark. Yeah, it's not going to get any less dark. It is. Huh. I'm gonna keep drinking this maple, maple whiskey. Yeah. Hmm. There's a uh, yeah. I mean, it feels like it has less than last week. <laughs> <laughs> this is just so sad because it's the longest. Yeah, it took like three months to get here. Yeah. And now it's just like not great. What do you think has happened? Because you have it at the warmer temperature for a week. So a few things. Um, so this called for basically a double, like two packets of yeast because it's such a big beer. Right. Um, it requires more yeast to eat all that sugar. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I used two packets of yeast, which was more than I've ever used, but I still think that, I don't know, the fermentation kind of slowed at the end to the point it didn't ever get to the final gravity it was supposed to. Gravity is like density um so the the gravity is a measure of basically the ratio of how much sugar is left in the water solution and also like the alcohol right because the sugar makes it more dense than regular water but the alcohol makes it less dense than regular water okay so when you measure the gravity you're measuring the density and you're saying um if it's above a certain level then you know there's sugar left so it's not done fermenting Right. Do you measure the gravity with like a buoyancy kind of thing? Yep. Okay. It's called a hydrometer and it's just, yeah, it looks like a little buoy type thing. Okay. Uh, in a graduated cylinder and you can kind of measure on the little notches there. Right. Um, so did you measure the gravity before you bottled these? Yes. Okay. Yep. Um, yeah. So presumably we could measure that again, but we don't really need to measure the fact that <laughs> this beer is pretty flat. Right. Although look, there is a ring yes of um froth um i would call it i think it's doing something maybe it just started this week That's so you possible. need to leave it another week yeah uh the recipe actually called for four weeks of bottle conditioning and how long has it been in the bottle uh three so next week could be the magic week it could although be. really i mean it, it's not doing a whole lot really flat now it's pretty flat 
I think maybe... So, I guess uh, what I was getting at was that I think the yeast is actually... It's been so long Mm. that the yeast is just gone. It's just done. Right. It's dead. Um, Mm. So... How many bottles do you have? How many weeks can we open a single bottle? (laughs) Uh... Yeah, maybe we should just be done with the podcast after this batch. <laughs> um, there's about 40-ish bottles. Mm. Yeah. This whiskey is deadly. <laughs> it's like I can... I feel like I could drink a glass, like a full <laughs> pint off this. That's dangerous. Yeah. It's so... It's, it's very good. Sweet. And I can't um, taste... Yeah, our good friends brought that back from uh, from Canada from us. It's like... Probably That's... the most Canadian thing you could bring back, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so you're aware of Seinfeld, the the television show? Yep, I didn't really watch it. We've already defined television show this episode, so we don't need to go into that again. But right. you have not really watched it that much. No. Well, I actually talked about this on the first episode, right? How it was the show about nothing? We almost named this podcast podcast about nothing, right? But that would have been a um, huge mistake. Like Hunchpig is so much so, more. Yeah, so much better recognizable yep um we have a brand so what about festivus does festivus uh, ring a oh, bell or mean you, anything to you right it does but only because you've told me okay about festivus it's so, an alternative to christmas yeah so one of the writers um on the show on seinfeld not jerry seinfeld or larry david but like another staff writer um his dad like invented this holiday called festivus oh, wow so it was like just easy material basically for them to have a show about George's dad on the show. Who's actually Ben Stiller's dad, Jerry uh, Jerry Stiller um, is obsessed with this holiday that he created (laughs) and George wants no part of it. Has these like bad memories of childhood about like dealing with Festivus. And uh, there were like multiple stages of Festivus, right? So you have like the dinner, I forget what they eat, but then they have um, the airing of grievances (laughs) Okay, <laughs> which is where you go around the table and uh, talk about like what's been tr- what's been bothering you about like these other people that you live with. Yeah, I mean that sounds like a healthy thing to do. Yeah, it actually, it sounds kind of like a retro. Actually, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, uh, a retro is something we do. Retro with um, with clients, mm-hmm. where at the end of each week we um, get together and have like a group therapy session where we tell each other what we don't like. Yeah. That's not really. And true. do like, yeah. It's about what went, what went well, what would di- what didn't go well, how you can make that better. Yep. Next time. Um, anyway, I brought that up because I wanted to air some grievances that I've had um, that I've noticed this week in the world. Okay. Uh, and the main one is the only one actually <laughs> is. <laughs> um, I don't think you really needed festivus to bring this up. no but i it just felt like something i wanted it's like it's an interesting segue i want to rant about something okay and i thought this was a good that was a good justification yeah okay so i want to air some grievances um so um storefronts right business storefronts okay have signs right yes open signs that are like neon they have the neon gas and open uh, signs yeah in a bar or restaurant or a diner or whatever or a strip club anything yeah sure so multiple times this week i've noticed uh these open signs are turned on sometimes they're blinking sometimes they're just on right and the business is most obviously closed (laughs) (laughs) 
like it's completely like there's a restaurant where they're they the lights are completely out like this place is not open in any sense of the word except for this stupid sign that is just blaring open i'm like what who like what happened here did someone not close up properly yeah. are they trying to is is this intentional is there like some reason why they want you to think it's open when it's yeah. not i like these words have meaning like open has a meaning and it's it just bothers me a lot um i'm glad this makes you mad yeah i'd like, be mad if it didn't make you mad right um it's a problem right right no i mean ignorance is an issue <laughs> or just making mistakes i mean the simplest answer is like they've left and they forgot that that was on <laughs> yeah i guess so um because it's shining out does it not, mean they left in. in the daytime like they <laughs> they shut down in the daytime and didn't notice well, that the the light was on i think if i like when i leave um the house or the office like i don't mm-hmm. like i don't notice that the blinking light on a router is on or something right i feel like you you probably get numb to the neon <laughs> yeah open well, sign there needs to be a better system then because this is just it's infuriating so you should buy some of those timers yeah and set them to the opening and closing time and <laughs> yeah not even offer donate it. donate them don't offer it as a solution uh-huh just go in just and switch it <laughs> <laughs> just go in unplug, unplug the, the sign, sign yeah plug in the yeah. timer Plug back in the neon sign. Don't say anything. Okay. Don't say like this is for the world. Right. Just walk out. If they if they try and stop you, mm-hmm. you need to like push them over and run away. Yeah. Because well, if they come at me, I'll say yo, th- I'm cl- I'm closed for fighting. Right. Don't now. say yo. <laughs> yo, I'm closed don't. for fighting. So, yeah, yeah. I'll wear a shirt that says closed. Okay. And then they'll notice. Step back. <laughs> to step yeah okay that's my plan it's a good plan yeah so dumb is it i mean I, yes it is but it is a it's easy not mis- an honest mistake no <laughs> they're intending to make me upset i so music memos <laughs> did we talk about music memos last time we did, did we, we touch on it Maybe not. Maybe we just... Man, see, this is why we need this to always be recording. Because I don't know ABC. what we've spoken Wait, about. A-B-R. A-B-R. Yeah. Abber. Um, Abber. 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 Yeah, Abber. Abber. Um, That's what Music Memos is about. It's about be becoming Abba. Ooh. I wish I could sound like Abba. Man. Some good production. <laughs> Swedes. Um, so Music Memos is a... Uh, iPhone application that has been released by Apple, um, right. which you were surprised by because you felt that it was something that Apple doesn't often do. Yeah. Despite the fact that they have Pages, GarageBand, um, all of their... Logic. Yeah. yeah um, remote. Yeah. The Apple Store. Well, yeah, in general, they, you know, they, they like to focus on kind of the masses. And right. What, like, oh, everyone needs notes. Everyone needs a calendar. Everyone needs, right. you know. Right. But they do have their own apps. And they've released one called Music Memos. Right. And Music Memos is just like, uh, this comes from, they had a lot of musicians saying that they were using the Memos app. Voice Memos. To record song ideas. Mm -hmm. Like, um, they'd be sitting there and they'd be like, la, 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 la. Yeah. That sounds great. Yep. And they... Yeah, specifically, like, Taylor Swift and 
I mean, that's really all you need to know. Mm. Like, Taylor Swift's like, oh, yeah, I use my iPhone to record little things. And, like, I feel like that triggered a whole series of, right, we need to make an app. I don't know. So they made, they made an app. Yeah. Which we just tried. Mm-hmm. And was fucking amazing. It's pretty cool. Like, we went down, um, played a couple of, like, chords on yep. the guitar. Yeah. Recorded it in music memos. And when you play it back, you can add in, um, like, a drum beat and a bass right which sounds complicated like right. if you someone just says oh yeah then you can add in all these things but but it's like, it's like a button yeah it's serious like you, you hit record so you open the app yeah right there's a record button in the middle you hit that button play something hit stop it detects all the first of all it detects all the chords that you just played right so it gives you like a a score right like a timeline that says like like oh you played e then you played a then b or whatever the chords yep. are which is pretty cool like some software does that but like yeah. this is pretty cool already then you hit play it starts playing back and then there's two buttons at the bottom one is a drum set one is a bass guitar and you literally just toggle them on or off and it's like oh yeah now i'm just playing with this band mm. <laughs> and you it it's, like it's cool it's like looked through and it fits it to a beat yeah the drums will like speed up and slow down mm-hmm. based on what you've done yep um honestly drummers and bass players probably aren't going to enjoy this app <laughs> <laughs> you've been there's, replaced by a button there's not a lot in here for you yeah um yeah but you know if you are just singing or you want to throw in like um you you play guitar or something right um it was incredible right uh you played some i i mean you kept throwing things at it like oh yeah. i wonder if it can handle blues yeah yeah and then it did right i was like uh because the first thing the first couple things i tried were just straight you know um straight time just quarter mm. notes or yeah straight four four or whatever like not no swing to the beat right no groove or anything and then i was like i'm gonna try to like groove it up a little bit and do do like a swing beat um with the blues and it was totally like not only did it catch it but it like anticipated like when i played back with the drums it actually led in to my <laughs> to my playing <laughs> i was like oh my god it's like that 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 like all oh, that is yeah. yeah it's pretty the one, there's some there's some cool polish on there yeah the one thing it didn't handle was lounge music we found mm-hmm. um we played like some you played like some elevation music like dun, yeah like yeah which will be in the which you have heard listener oh, shit. in our intermission that's the intermission music so that has already happened mm. um but it struggled with that yeah it because didn't i didn't know yeah i didn't have enough downbeat right like i just kind of mm. played a chord and then had a transition to the next chord but it wasn't enough of a cue for the drums to really pick up on i think right. um so i yeah, so I tried it again with like a some like muted quarter notes going into that, and then I feel like that gave it enough of a idea of like, oh, okay, this is the beat. Yeah. Um, so there's a little bit of training there, but I mean, I thought that was I I thought it was amazing. Yeah, like the fact that um, I mean, you'll hear the intermission. It took us two minutes. Yeah, we just sat there. <laughs> yeah, played it, and then you heard it. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I, I noticed a couple. There were a few like you know blog. Uh, blogs about this in the past couple weeks about how amazing it is and like you can make a song in a matter of mm. minutes and that's uh, pretty true like right if it, it does if it picks up on all the cues and like it won't do anything like super interesting but like there's some drum fills in there and like ends it ends with a nice like crash where you're like oh yeah that sounds like a song ending like yeah it's pretty neat it's not perfect and it's not like the kind of thing you'd want to um 
use to create music. Mm-hmm. But for like a memo thing, yeah, it was amazing. Although I will say I'm kind of tempted now to. Well, I mean, that, this to is, release an album that's only recorded in music memos. We like the, I feel like that there's a whole idea like in creative endeavors where it's like you know constraints can help your creativity. Yeah. Right. I mean, we have the same thing in code. Yeah. Like we do believe that constraints are not necessarily a bad thing. Right. Um, and so I, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of interested in like, cause I haven't really released any sort of thing yeah. musically since my EP uh, six years ago, which I'm like, yeah, I should release something. Yeah. Um, but I mean, we could release a hunchback album. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's this, um, so Brian Eno, do you know Brian Eno? I do not. He's a kind of experimental, um, uh, he kind of invented like ambient electronic music. Oh, okay. Um, I might get emails about that if that's not true, but <laughs> he's, so he's been like a really, um, influential. Uh, influential producer, musician, right kind of person um he did the sounds for one of the version of versions of windows i think may have been like xp or something Hmm. but um all the way back into the 70s he's been really influential and kind of groundbreaking in these different um different ways of thinking about music and composition and electronic synthesizers and stuff um and so going along with the constraints idea he has these, he created this set of cards called the oblique strategies, which is kind of a fancy pretentious name for what they are. But, um, there are these cards that you, it's a deck of cards. And if you're stuck, um, with a creative project, if you hit a roadblock writer's block, you pick a card and it says something very like vague, like, try it the other way around, <laughs> you know, or like, that doesn't seem like helpful advice. That seems more annoying than anything else. <laughs> but it, the idea is like, it's a constraint. It's a way forward, right? right? Where it's like, okay, yeah. You I'll, don't know I'll, what to do. Let me reverse this track or something, like do something weird with this that I wasn't thinking of. Right. And maybe that'll push me towards an avenue where I can like complete this. Right. Um, it is interesting when you, um, So there are a lot of video games that are um, known as open world. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Fallout series um, is a type of open world game or yep. um, Elder Scrolls. Have you heard mm-hmm. of this? This is like yep. um, Morrowind, yep. Skyrim, um, that kind of thing. Uh, Minecraft mm-hmm. is open world. And that, um, I know a lot of people find that intimidating mm. because there is no constraint Yep. Basically, it's like you're dropped in and then do whatever you want. Yeah. Like, go crazy. Yeah. And um, often people don't um, end up doing anything. Yep. <laughs> uh, so it's interesting, like, the, the polar opposites. You know, having constraints leads you to interesting solutions, but having zero constraints, um, looking back on it, does lead to strange behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, so... You know, like I've been playing Minecraft. Yep. Um, maybe this is like the uh, obsessive compulsive in me. Mm-hmm. But um, I basically dug down to bedrock. Mm-hmm. And I decided to dig five blocks above bedrock. 
Yeah. And then I've basically made a hangar <laughs> for miles. Yeah. Like this long tunnel mm-hmm. that's perfectly round, like square. Okay. And I've gone for like hours. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I was like, right, I'm going to do this. I've decided I, I don't know how far I want to go. This sounds like if uh, uh, Jankowski was rich, sound, you need to catch up on his newsletters. But right, he likes to, this he is likes, the kind of thing he likes he'd tunnels. Like to do. Yeah, he yeah. likes tunnels, and uh, and um, I've hit other caverns. <laughs> and instead of exploring those other caverns, I'm like, God, I need to just block this off <laughs> and pretend this isn't here. And I'm just like <laughs> blocked off. You're building your own world that right. will be perfect and square and yeah, yeah, and ideal. Um, <laughs> and the thing, the thing is that, like, while doing this, um, I've like plugged in and listened to a podcast, <laughs> and I've just kept going for like hours and hours. Nice. And um, like, I look back on it today, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh god, <laughs> like <laughs> I've just like I'm gonna have to show you, yeah, at nice. some point. Um, that's fun um so i think i think part of the reason i haven't really released anything finished since my ep mm. musically is because computers don't require you to lock in to any decision oh <laughs> uh, you don't right? have any constraints exactly it's completely open like so right when we recorded the um the little guitar riff for the last couple uh theme songs yep um when we were recording that, I had accidentally hit the wrong, well, whether or not it's wrong is up to debate, up for debate, but uh, I usually use what are called insert effects. Okay. Right? So you have, if you think of the, the audio program as like a, a flow, right? Mm. You have your audio track, which is the raw like audio that you're recording. Right. Right. Then you can have effects that, so you record the audio raw, then you can have effects on top of that. That are not like rendered. Right. Right. It's just like real time generated. When you hit play, it goes through the effect and then out of your speakers. Right. Right. So that's considered like an insert effect because it doesn't affect what was recorded. Okay. Um, but what I had accidentally clicked for that guitar part was an input effect effects button. Oh. So that actually. It added the effect as the signal yep. was being input. Exactly. So it records it rendered basically to that. Yeah. Effect. So you can't go back and really change that. It's on, it's in the signal. Right. It will forever be yep. that way. But so in general, no one does that in mm. if you're recording to a computer. Because you want to be able to change that later <laughs> exactly. on. Exactly. You're like, oh, well, maybe I want this other guitar amp mm. model or, you but, know, this other sound. Right. But we couldn't do that. Right. Which meant that you just released it. Yeah. I, well, it was like, yeah, it sounded cool or whatever. Right. But yeah, I was like, and okay. also like I wasn't around, so I can't, we're not going to record this. it again, right? Yeah, yeah. But I was like, well, like you know, maybe I would have been like, oh, I could, I want to tweak the delay a little bit so that it's just a little offset, right? You know, just tweak it just so, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I think there there's too many possibilities. There's also this mm. other thing, like, so I've been using Ableton Live a lot. Um, I don't know what that is. It's a program. Um, that kind of invented this new paradigm for audio recording and like composition. Okay. Uh, also like MIDI recording. Um, so, so what we're using now to record is called Reaper and okay. it's a multi-track. You can see like the, the multiple tracks yeah. kind of going left to right, like a timeline, right? At least you see the waveform. 
Yep. Everything is, you know, time is the x-axis y and the y-axis are like the different tracks right right that's kind of like the standard sets up for most metaphor that you think of for yeah. like okay multi-track audio. yeah i mean it's the same in garage band yep um yeah yeah everything kind of copied that since forever okay um ableton introduced this new view okay so if you hit tab so ableton has the same kind of view by default um but if you hit tab everything kind of flips so it's going down. So what you have, it's not exactly a flip, but you have this grid. It looks like a spreadsheet almost. Okay. And the columns are different tracks. Okay. Okay. So you have your guitar and you have a vocal as different columns, right? Right. And each cell in the spreadsheet or whatever is like a clip, right? A specific loop or clip that... Okay. Um, that you want to trigger. Yes. And then there's these things called scenes that go down um, vertically. Mm. So you have like your first scene could be like the intro. Right. Then you have a verse one scene. Okay. And you can trigger them um, as whole scenes. So you can like trigger a scene and then it plays all the clips at that scene. Right. Um, and then you can just trigger the next scene and you can record the that triggering as automation so you can like hit record so like for, first you record all the parts or like all the right little bits like your various then you can record your your triggering of the clips so it's like another level of like meta stuff i mean that's just where you break it up yep okay and then but then you don't have to trigger a whole scene you can like trigger specific clips right. so you could be playing half of the clips are playing the intro ver- intro scene and then half of the tracks are playing the next stuff. So you can like get really oh. crazy with like mishmashing these two things. So it's great for like DJing and stuff because you're right. you can have um you you start like mixing different parts. Right, different bits. Yeah. So like the tracks in that in that case for a DJ setup could be or like a mashup could be like a Lady Gaga song and then oh, some okay. other song. Yeah, and yeah, then you yeah. can like Pick quite, yeah, pick and pick and choose pick which points it starts from. The drums with the bass from this and right, reverse right. from that. Um, so it's even more <laughs> flexible in that sense. Right. Gives you more options and feels less like you're ever done with anything. Yeah. Anyway. Hmm. And you've been using that? Um, yeah, kind of. It's, right. It's been a while since I've actually gotten into that. Okay. Um, Interesting. But I blame that for part of my indecision and right. yeah. not shipping. Perfect. Any, Perfect being the enemy of good. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Music memo seems cool. I like it. People should get it. And oh, they, they could send us what they've recorded. Yeah. Um, you could be in the intermission. You could. As long as it's less than 10 seconds, because I have no patience. And you pay for a sponsorship, then you can totally... <laughs> and you pay us. Totally <laughs> uh, yeah. So once again, thank you, uh, 28 Music, for today's sponsorship. Yep, I'm sure I'll listen to... Matt will listen to it. At some point. At some point. In my life. In his life. In my life. Great Beatles song. <laughs>